0: How's everybody doing? My name is Jason. I'm a lead pastor here. Just want to. Welcome everyone this morning. I know that uh, without a doubt you have been welcomed several times, but I want to take a second and I'm going to start a little different today. I just want to do a little bit of holiday, Christmas, Thanksgiving, don't want to forget Thanksgiving, Uh, some housekeeping and some things that you can get involved in. So on your way in this morning in your seat, you should have found something that looks all Christmassy. And for some of you, you got really, 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 really excited. And for others, you're like, seriously, even at church, I can't get to Thanksgiving. We'll flip it up over because there's Thanksgiving dates on here. So this is everything you need to know between now and after the first of the year that's happening at Wellhouse. And let me explain a couple of them and then you'll hear more about a few of them as we go. So I want to tell you first of all, next Sunday at 5 o'clock is Friendsgiving, and you may be asking, well, what is Friendsgiving? We named it Friendsgiving mostly because I love the show Friends, and so anytime I can make a reference to Friends, we're going to make a reference to Friends, okay? I have a dog named Joey, I have a dog named Phoebe, and so we're doing Friendsgiving here, and so what that is, we don't get an opportunity to hang out a lot outside of Sunday morning. We're portable, we don't own this place, and so we have limited access sometimes, and so we're going to get together and do just an old fashioned kind of fellowship meal if you grew up in church it's potluck you know kind of bring what you like and and or maybe bring some stuff at home you don't like but you need to get rid of whatever you, however you approach the potlucking do it and so we're just going to gather there's not going to be a service there's not going to be anything other than just hanging out and getting to know people that you see on Sunday, but don't always get the chance uh, to to get to know. And so that's going to be next Sunday at 5 o'clock, and it'll last an hour or so or as long as you want it to, and that'll be here down in the cafeteria. Then we have an opportunity for you to get involved in serving our community. We're partnering with Madison Christian Church, which is just about five miles that way, at their building uh, just off of Old Hickory. So on Thanksgiving Day, now I will, if you're like me, I travel, I go to my mom and dad's typically, but if you're in town and you need an excuse to get out of the house, let's be honest, some of you by about two o'clock are like looking for a reason to get out of the house. Uh, there is an opportunity for you to serve Thanksgiving Day that happens in two hour blocks. And if you wanna know more about that, let me know. So what, what happens is they bring in about 60 people from the community and they set up the big screen so they can watch the football games, there'll be board games, and then they're gonna share in Thanksgiving dinner with those families, and so you can you can again you can drive and pick up. You can work two hours, three hours, whatever you want to, and just kind of be there and make people feel like family. That's the the point of that. And so if you're looking for something to do on Thanksgiving Day, uh, an opportunity to give back, check that out. And then finally, a lot of people have been asking about Imagine. Imagine is our big Christmas event, and uh, we do this every year. We've done this for several years, and it's an opportunity for you to be generous, doing a lot of what we been talking about the last few weeks, but be generous with your finances and with your time. This year we decided we were going to reimagine. imagine imagine. So what this is going to look like is we, we've kind of come up with local, global, today, tomorrow. So let me tell you a little bit about each of those and you'll hear as we go. The most important date, or one of the most important dates, is December 8th. That's a Sunday morning. That's the day that we're going to collect the big collection or the love offering that morning. What you need to know about that, 100% of that goes back out into the things that I'm going to tell you about. But this year, instead of just taking care of families in need, we said, what if we begin to diversify that to local and some global? So we're going to shop for some families that are in need. Uh, primarily, we're going to work through uh, Goodlettsville Middle here, and we're going to work through Gateway and find some families that are high-risk families that need everything from uh, food and clothing, but also gifts and, and those sorts of things. And so we're going to work with those families on the 15th out of this offering. But we're also going to be partnering up with Home Street Home on December 29th. And so if you don't know about Home Street Home, they're a homeless ministry ran by Stephen Young, who is fantastic and does such a great work in ministry in the streets of Nashville. So on the 29th, that morning, we're going to meet here briefly at 10 a.m. like we normally do, and we are going to... To hit the streets. We're going to leave here and we're going to go and continue the holiday cheer and the holiday joy. We're going to go and provide lunches for some places and whatever else Stephen needs us to do and wants us to do. We may continue to sing Christmas carols. I don't take my tree down after the first of the year, so December 29th still fits into that. But we are going to take some of that and continue to bless because here's what happens. Those communities, our friends in the homeless communities and, and, and other communities, it's almost like we get right up to December 24th and then we just forget it. It's like they're forgotten, and you know. And then there's this long season through the winter. And so we're going to continue to spread that joy on to the 29th. And then that's going to kind of touch on the tomorrow part. The tomorrow part, we're going to hold some of that, and we're going to continue to bless people all throughout the winter. Winter is really hard on people. Uh, we get more requests for things that need to be done and, and things that, that just are necessities to survive the winter. Uh, and so we're going to do some of that on into January, February. and March and and continue to be generous throughout that. Then, the last word in there is global. We are working with an organization called Hope Springs International, and they are a a massive clean water initiative. And so, out of that offering, we're going to set a goal to build two wells in the spring that's going to provide some villages near Nairobi uh, with clean water for their villages. And so, again, it's local, it's global, and it's going to be today or in the season, and then it's going to be into tomorrow, into the winter. And so again, just we're trying to stretch the boundaries and the borders on our generosity. And so we want you to be a part of that. So December 8th, go ahead and begin to plan everything you give. We'll go back out into something that I have described. If you want to know details about those things, come see me. And uh, it's all tax, tax deductible if you care about that. And uh, we're going to take up that offering on the 8th, and then immediately the following week on the 15th, we're going to begin to just be rich, and we're going to begin to just be wildly generous. I told you a couple weeks ago that generosity is so powerful, especially when it's no strings attached generosity. And so it's an opportunity for you to be uh, generous in the holiday season, and then there's a lot more on this that we'll get to as the weeks come. Sound good? All right, everybody nod. Let me know you're awake. Here we go. We have been in a series called Be Rich, and uh, if you've been here for these first couple of weeks, um, you know what I'm talking about. If you're coming in today, catching this, this is not a series about you giving more money to church. We haven't yet, we've, we've yet to pass an extra basket or anything like that, and so you can kind of relax if you're a guest here this morning. But we've been talking about what it looks like to uh, live into this spirit of generosity, living what Paul calls the rich life. So I don't know how your typical week goes, but if you're not careful with your time, anybody else's time, just get away from them really, really quick? Anybody? Like you look up and you're like, man, four hours has gone by. Where has my day gone? Now let me tell you what is primarily responsible a lot. It happens regularly for my days disappearing sometimes. YouTube. Anybody else get caught up in the black hole that is YouTube? Anybody? Come on, admit it. You do. I was over in Joey's office this last week, and I was like, hey, man, what are you doing? He's like, I'm on YouTube. And so we all, it's like you get a break, you're like, oh, I'm going to check that out on YouTube. Now, here's what happens. YouTube in and of itself would not be bad if it was not for the right-hand side. You know what I'm talking about if you're a YouTuber. There's this little scrolling bar of what? Suggested videos based on what it is you looked up. So here was my Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday. Um, I said or, not and. So I go and I look up. I'm trying to find the lyrics or video to something off the new Kanye album. So I type in Jesus is king, God is. I was trying to find the song, and I wanted to hear that song. And uh, so I type that in. So I'm listening. So there's about three minutes and 28 seconds. Well, then as that three minutes and 28 seconds is going, I see over here on the suggested videos something else I want to see. So I'm like, well, I got a minute. I'll click. So Kanye's. Christian album, his worship album, has now taken me to Rihanna. So now I'm listening to Rihanna, and then I notice, ooh, Chris Brown. I haven't heard that song from Chris Brown for a while. So now I'm about 8 minutes and 55 seconds in, and so I hit Chris Brown. And then all of a sudden, as I'm listening to Chris Brown, guess what pops up? Justin Timberlake. Well, if you know me very well, I'm not going to turn down a Justin Timberlake video. And so now I'm watching Justin Timberlake videos. And so now I'm about 15, 20 minutes in. And then I begin to see something else that sees something else. And then I see a guy that I really, really love. I found a Bruno Mars video. And I'm like, uh, somebody like, oh, yeah, Mm -hmm." Bruno Mars. And so I'm like, well, I'm going to chase that rabbit down another black hole. And so now I'm about 58 minutes in. And then I ran across a a Bruno Mars video that I had forgotten about that was kind of on his early years when he just got started. And so I'm like, well, I I, got to watch this one, right? And so I made sure it was the clean version. And so does anybody remember this? I'm not going to play the video, but I'm going to play the song. Anybody remember this? I want to be a billionaire, so freaking bad, by all of the things I never had. And I was like, the Holy Spirit I, has led me here of, because I'm teaching on being rich. Day, now I see what all this next is about, so Oprah listen to this. And the Queen, oh, every time I close my eyes. I see my name in Oh you can sing it if you know it lights. Don't be shy yeah. A different city every night Oh I, I swear The world better prepare for when I'm a billionaire And the world better prepare because now he is, right? So he's sitting there, and, he, and, and I remember the video, and, uh, and again, like I said, there's Holy Spirit moments. So like, he has led me to this, because we're talking about being rich, and I'm like, oh, billionaire. Okay, now I get it. I, I saw where you're going to, with all this, God. And so I'm in this moment now, and I'm watching the video, and he is sitting, if you remember, he's kind of sitting on the, the, the porch of this place, and he's kind of overlooking, and he's daydreaming. He's daydreaming about money, and at that time, this is like 2010. You guys are, man, Time flies, doesn't it? So it's like 2010. He hasn't made that money yet. So he is writing and singing about money to be made, yet to be made, yet to come, and he knows. So he's sitting out there with just his acoustic guitar, and he's kind of overlooking this, and he's like, man, what would it be like? You know, I'm going to be with Oprah and the Queen. I'm going to do all these things. And so here's what happens, at least in my mind, and maybe I'm the, the abnormal one here. But I begin to go, well, if Bruno's daydreaming about what it's like, guess where I find myself pretty quickly? daydreaming about what it would be like. And so I'm like, ooh, I wonder what I would do. I mean, we all do it. We begin to kind of go billionaire man that would be nice and so you, you begin to put yourself in certain places and and all these kinds of things and and so some of us if you're like me too you go man forget being a billionaire I'm okay being a hundredaire right now you know like if I could just get through the week you know I just got paid and I look and it's gone and so we begin to have this if I just had more what would I do now the first thing I would do I would buy hockey seats on the glass I don't know anybody else and I ride and die I'm not on this slump. I'm not going to get on the the Preds and bad mouth right now. We're on a little slump, but it's okay. But I begin to go, I would do this. That's number one. And then I begin to go, ooh, then I'd do this. And then I'd do this. And I began to spend again. Now I'm two hours and 55 minutes in on my YouTube chase. Because I have allowed myself to begin to open up to this, what would it be like to be rich? And there's all kinds of things that tell us how to get rich how to get rich quick but there's not a lot of info, there's not a lot of encouragement there's not a lot of guidance to how to live rich once you've gotten there so if you're like me, here's what happens I begin to go down the list of things and then there's a couple of questions that enter in well then what? then what? after you've Got your seats on the glass and after you've vacationed and after you've traveled and after you've gotten the house, after you've gotten the garage full of houses, or garage full of cars. I mean, what what then what? Then what? What's next? Or is that it? Is that it? And again, I know all of us would like to try this on for size for a moment, but at some point, you can't buy beyond what is created. And so you're like, is that it? Now what? And I think this has become our anthem. As American people... I think this has become our motivational primary driver. I think it has become our dream that we, not, we don't just daydream about, but we nightdream about, and we dream, and we think, and we wonder, and we ponder, all these kinds of things. It has become our purpose in life as a consumer. It's how do I get short-term rich? How do I get there quickly? And because I'm telling you, all kinds of things would change. And so we dream. We dream of winning quick. We dream of getting ahead. We dream of being successful. We dream of being at the top of our game, whatever your game is. And I got this moment, this sense this week where I said, you know what, Jason, there has got to be more to life than what seems to be taking place presently in my life. And where it is that I spend a lot of time daydreaming and talking about. And then we hit the rat race where we begin to kill ourselves trying to attain something or obtain something that's in the future. And so all of this begins to click and I end up days, weeks, months, years ahead and really haven't gotten where I need to be. And then all this discour- all these things come rushing back in. So what it boils down to is I have to ask myself the question, what am I living for? What am I living for? And then that's going to lead me to a second question. What am I living for and what am I in love with? What is it that I really love? And then it leads me to the question is what will I do with what it is that I'm in love with once I get it? How to be rich? And so Paul opens up this. This kind of dialogue, and he doesn't even talk about money, and he doesn't talk necessarily about being rich, but in context, he's saying that, listen, you've got to put confidence, we talked about that in the weeks past, trust, confidence, hope, we use the word hope coming out of 1 Timothy. He says, what is it that you put confidence in? Is it just stuff that you can put your hands on, that you can collect, that will build interest in an account, or is it something else? And this is a long reading, but I'm going to put it up here. Listen to what he says to the people in Philippi. Starting in verse 7, he says, whatever were gains to me, whatever, you fill in that blank. I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. Want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation. I love that. That he's not just looking to get something, he's looking to participate in something. In his sufferings becoming like him in his death. And so somehow attaining the resurrection from the dead. Now. He says, not that I have already obtained all this or having already arrived at my goal, I press on to take hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold of of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet having, to take, having taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind me and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me in heavenward in Christ Jesus. All of this then who are mature or maturing, should take such a view of these things. And if on some point you think differently, that to God will make it clear to you. Only let us live up to what we have already attained. Let us hold to what we've already attained. Join together in following my examples, brothers and sisters. And just as you have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. For as often as I have told you before, now tell you again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach. Tune in. And their glory is their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things, but our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power enables us to bring everything under his control. He will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, whom I love and long for, my joy, my crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way, dear friends. Here's the summary of that long reading. Life in Jesus, life surrendered to Jesus changes everything. Everything. He uses words like whatever I had, whatever I've gained what it is that I'm longing for most or have longed for the most. He uses these broad words so that you can fill in your own blank because he says life in Jesus changes everything. He says it changes where you live, it changes where you look, and it changes how you walk, how you navigate. So let's just run through those real quick. He says there's some changes that happen. Verse 20, go to verse 20. He says, but our citizenship is in Heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there, Lord Jesus. He says, where your zip code is changes. It changes once we have given our lives to Jesus. And here's the problem, that most of us have spent so much time and have built such good homes here that we have a problem getting past the here to understand where it is that we're going. Some of us have done such a good job building miniature empires and we spend most of our time talking about, thinking about how to improve our homes, how to improve and expand our own little kingdoms and our own little empires that we end up thinking that's what living is all about. That's what tomorrow, can't wait to get back to the office because I'm going to close this deal this week. And when I close this deal, that's going to mean this, this, and this. And guess what? My empire's going to expand just a touch. And so that's why, again, this series matters. That, it has nothing to do with red boxes and giving online. While all that is important, it's about setting us up to understand that, you know what, what you see and what you get and what you gather and the extensions of your empire at the end of the day will not matter. Unless we learn to live rich. So Paul comes along and he's going to begin to put all of this into perspective. And what Paul says in verse 20 is this. Don't set up camp here. Don't make this permanent because it's not. He says, don't get too comfortable. And it doesn't matter. See, again, God is not concerned with amounts. He's concerned with hearts. He said it doesn't matter how big the checking account, the savings account, and the bonds, and the stocks, and everything else. It doesn't matter how much land, how many cars. None of that matters. He says, here's the, pr- here's the thing. Don't allow any of those things that you have gained to allow you to get too comfortable. He says, because here's what's going to happen. You're going to begin to hold on too tight. You're going to hold on too tight. You're going to begin to elevate things too high. Why? Because our comfort, our homes, Paul says, if we're not careful, we'll begin to take our minds off the purpose. That It's going to begin to cause blindness for us to see the opportunities that are in front of us. And here's here, 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 when he talks about this heaven deal, He says that there is something larger than the space and time that you are currently occupying. He says there is is a way to have a grip and perspective on all of this that allows you to do something unique and extraordinary. You ready? He says you can touch an eternal realm with what you do now. There is an eternity aspect to these things. There is eternal Impacts, there are fingerprints, and here's, I'm gonna be honest. I don't daydream about those things. I I, I don't daydream about what it is that I'm doing now affecting something into the future. We forget that this life is, is prep for something greater, something more, that we get to have an impact on something else. Let me give you kind of a visual for this. Again, I'm a visual guy, so I'm going to give you something visual. I saw several years ago somebody do this, and it just had such an impact on me. Because, again, it's about putting these things in perspective. So we're going to pretend like this is time. And this rope goes forever and ever and ever. It goes out, into the kids, around, wherever. It doesn't end. And this represents time. And so your time begins at the beginning of the red, and as you notice, it, it, it's not the majority of the rope. That time is going to go way past us. And so all we're given is the red. And I was generous, I felt like, with the red. I feel like I'm going to live a while. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to make the red a little bigger. But some of us may only get this much red or this much red. So here's the red. And so Paul is, is drawing us into something that says, listen, you only have so much time in the red. But there's so much more that's going to be touched and impacted and changed because of the way you live in the red. And I don't know about you, I spend a lot of time in the red only concerned with the red. I will spend a good portion of my day thinking about where I will eat today. Not will I feed someone that might start a conversation, that might lead to a relationship, that might lead to influence, that might lead to Jesus, that guess what? Touches the white. I will spend most of my time today wondering how it is I will entertain myself this afternoon. Will I take a nap? I won't watch the Titans lose. They're on bye this week. And I will begin to, again, formulate. And then I'll begin to think in this part of the red about tomorrow, which is this part of the red, or next week or next month. Oh, you know what? I've got Christmas coming up. And again, do we think about or spend any time thinking about this? And this is the beauty of what Paul's saying, is that my citizenship is in heaven, meaning that, yes, I'm currently alive here, but there's something greater to this, that I will have the opportunity to do something in the red. But you can only do that if you know that the red is not all there is. And he says, so let's start with understanding that your citizenship, your zip code, isn't just discovered and determined in the current, in the here, the now, in your lifetime. That there is something so much greater to all of this. And I fail to see that what I do in the red determines What happens not to just myself, but others that God will put in front of me for the rest of eternity. That what I do in the red lasts beyond the red. It's legacy. It's eternal. And how I'm rich in the red, which is kind of ironic because no one wants to be in the red. But how I I live rich in the red matters beyond the red. And so I've got to get this. That my primary citizenship is not meant to be lived with only the red in mind. That there's something so much more. There's something so much greater, something that will outlast all of these kinds of things. And it happens when I begin to tune in to living rich and living wildly generous and living for the sake of others and living, not putting my hope in things of today, but beginning to put my hope in the one who richly gives those things. And Paul says here, he says, that's why we're here is to make most. And he says, oh, while you eagerly await the coming of Jesus, he says, make the most of what you've been given. And while you wait, the ultimate transformation that's going to happen, and again, in the surrender of Jesus, he says, how about you begin to live in such a way that you're a part of the transformation for not just yourself, but you're a part of the transformation for others. He says, live rich. And then he says, here's why. Because our citizenship and understanding that the red is only temporary, the red is not where we camp out forever, that it's a part of a greater kingdom. It's part of a great greater citizenship, he says, because that will begin to shape your view. That will begin to shape your outlook. Look at verse 12. He says, not that I have already obtained all of this. He says, or have already arrived at my goal, but I press, what, on to take hold of what? That, take hold of that which Jesus Christ has taken. Took hold of me. Then he says, Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do. He says, I'm gonna forget what is behind me and I'm gonna strain to what is he- ahead. He says, I press on to the goal to win the prize for which Jesus or God has called me, heavenly in Jesus. And then, listen, look at this. All of us then who are maturing. And we'll add to that, it's not just who have become to this final stage of mature, but maturing should take such a view of things. He says, that's the way you have to see life in the red. You need to begin to have that outlook. You need to begin to take on that view, that set of eyes. I love this imagery. He's he's saying it's like someone who is winning the race, but hasn't won the race. And so he says, if you let off the gas, if you begin to look left and right and behind, he says, it's not going to, to, to lead you to a place of victory. He says, just because you might be winning the red doesn't mean that you've won. He says, no, there's a, there's a pressing. He said, there's a straining. He says, I'm gonna, it's this imagery of saying, I'm using every ounce of energy that I have. I'm leaving it all on the field. And I'm going to completely cross the finish line with nothing left to give. He says, I'm straining. And I just wonder, is that how we view the red? If we can get to this place where we understand that that, that our citizenship goes beyond the red, then I will begin to see the red differently. He says, you're going to see it in such a way where all of a sudden you're going to begin to strain, press. You're going to use everything that you've got. And I'm going to do it in such a way, and he he tells us, he says, I'm looking ahead. He says, I'm going to have my head up. I'm not going to look to the right or to the left, and I'm sure not going to look back. But he says, I'm going to look at what's in front of me because I can only live rich by looking at what God has placed in front of me. Guys, there's tons of text about this. That looking behind, I think of Lot's wife. If you don't know anything about Lot, he was told to get out of this city, this wealthy city, full of everything you could imagine, everything you want. But there was a a caveat that says, listen, I'm going to save you from the destruction of this city, God says. But he says, you need to go and not look back. And Lot's wife turns back because she was mourning what she was leaving instead of trusting where she was going. And it didn't end well. I think of what Jesus says in Luke. Out of Jesus' mouth directly, he says what? He says, those who put their hands to the plow. He's talking again in agricultural terms because that meant so much to them. He says, those who put their hand to the plow and do what? Look back, look sideways, are not fit for the kingdom of heaven because he says it's about plowing straight lines and you can't do that when you're looking back and off to the sides. So he says, you know what? I'm gonna strain, I'm gonna look ahead. I'm gonna look at what's in front of me. My outlook is going to be in front of me, and here's why. Because God's gonna put people in your life, he's gonna put people in front of you today even, that you're gonna have the opportunity to live rich. You're gonna have an opportunity to live generously. You're gonna have an opportunity, and it may not have anything to do with the money in your pocket. It may have to do with 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 opening your ears to just listen. It may have to do with opening your mouth and encouraging. It may have to do with time and space and energy. I don't know what it is, but God is going to put something. And he says, you can't do that if you're looking back and you're looking off to the side. He says, no, you have an eternal look. And when he says, when you begin to look ahead at what's out there, you'll begin to see things along the way that will be able to be interacted with, to influence, and to participate in that will matter out there. Our actions now... Are or they should be altered in light of the future. And Paul says, listen, strain ahead. And here's, if we're not careful, here's what happens. When we do anything short of this, that's where regret trickles in. Oh, if I'd only been looking ahead, I wouldn't regret all that time that I spent here. I, man, I wished I had known. I wished I had been looking this way to begin with because now I've got this thing back here that I've got to deal with, and it's all these regrets and missed opportunities. And so he says, listen, live life, eyes wide open, looking, straining, pressing ahead. Why? Because your citizenship is not here in the first place. And then he says that our outlook will begin to determine your walk. Citizenship will have bearing and impact on our outlook, the way we see things. And he says, then the way you see things will determine how it is you walk into things. Look at verse 17. He says, together in following my examples, brothers and sisters, and just as you have us as a model, keep your eyes, again, this this concept of view on those who live as we do. He says, find encouragement for one another. And then he says in verse 18, for I, for as I have often told you before, and now tell you again with tears in my eyes, many live as enemies of the cross. He says, their destiny is their destruction, their God is their stomach, and their glory is their shame, their minds, what? Is set on earthly things. There's a little word in there. He says that they live. The actual translation of that would probably be better translated if it was they walk. They walk as enemies of the cross. They walk in these areas. He says walk or live as I walk. He says when you begin to open your eyes, he says what's going to happen is you're going to walk differently. How? You're going to walk in light of where you're going not what it is that you are currently busy chasing. Not your past that tells you that, you know what, you really don't deserve to go into that area. You, you've got a lot of work to do before you can. You can't be generous. You can't follow. You can't do these things. And it's going to be all these distractions. But he says, no. He says, just begin to live. He says, walk according to where you're going. And here's where he's saying, walk. Walk into Generosity. You go, well, Jason doesn't talk about generosity. Yeah. He says that those who don't begin to have this appetite, this hunger, he said, in fact, they're going to get hangry because he says they are chasing things that will not last. And they will be left empty shortly after they consume or eat it. It's all in there. He says, listen, he says they will chase what things of this earth, and it's going to leave them wanting. He says, so walk in generosity. He says, walk in a way that leads others into generosity. Like I said earlier, that that when you begin to walk this way, it is powerful. People will begin to take note, and I love what he says too. He says that everyone, all, he says everyone has a place. So let me speak to you for just a second. God wants to use every single person in here. God wants to use you and he wants to speak through you differently than anyone else around you. That's why this is such a key part that it's not just about this community of Wellhouse being generous and living rich. It's about you living rich because you will have opportunities that I won't have. And God will use you in unique ways and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're a stay-at-home mom, it doesn't matter if you're a CEO, it doesn't matter if you're a doctor, a lawyer, it doesn't matter if you're a teacher or mechanic, that that you get to walk uniquely. As we walk collectively, you get to walk uniquely, you get to live uniquely uniquely. And so how you live into that, whether you live rich or not, will matter. And people will begin to take note, and they will follow your lead, and they will what? They will begin to see how it is that you are living in your places. So walk rich. I I love what Louis Giglio says about this. He says, just walk available. He says, generosity isn't about being wealthy. Living rich is not about being wealthy. It's about being available, and I can't be available in your spaces, but you can be available in your spaces. I can't live in your red. I can walk with you as you're living in your red, but only you are uniquely shaped and gifted and given the opportunities when you put your head up and you strain ahead to live and walk in your red So the question is, do we live available? You will be known by how you live, how you walk, not by what you know, not by how long you've done what it is you do, not by how much you have, but you will be known by how you walk and how you live and who you love. And again, all this points to rich living. So as we land this morning, I don't know what it is you dream of. I don't know what it is you daydream of. I, I pray it's rich living. I pray that every single one of us daydream about how to live rich instead of how to get rich. I pray that, that the next rabbit hole you're sent down may not be on YouTube, but it's this, it's this internal looking inward of saying, okay, God, how, 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 how am I going to, to deal with what's in front of me I'm going to leave what's back there, and I'm going to begin to to understand that I'm not living for just the moment. I'm living for something greater. How is it that that I'm going to allow the Word of God to to, to shape me and set up my citizenship differently? And then that's going to begin to, again, uh, shape what it is that I want and I wait for and I long for. And God, I just pray that it will be evident as I walk. Stand with me. I want to ask you two questions as we leave this morning. You don't have to answer these out loud. I just want them to sit on you this afternoon and may may the Spirit continue to work in you surrounding how you'll answer these two questions and only you can answer these questions. Question number one, what have you done this past week that won't even be remembered? It happened somewhere in here but it won't even be remembered in the red, much less the white. And I want to encourage you, when you begin to isolate those things and say, man, there's a lot of things I do that won't even be remembered, kind of ask you stop doing those as frequently. Begin to say, how can I live beyond the moment and begin to do things that matter? And then the second question is a forward-thinking question. So think back in order to evaluate, think forward in order to walk. What will I do this week that will matter in the white? And it may have nothing to do, in fact, it probably won't, have nothing to do with money. So God, here's what I want you to do. I want you to shape the red and allow me to stop doing things that don't matter and begin to walk in light of the white so that I can begin to do things and interact in ways and influence and begin to impact things far beyond me. Father, this morning as we bring this to a close, I pray that again we are somehow encouraged and we are somehow challenged in our barrage of things that will hit us this even this afternoon. God, will you allow us to to stop for a moment and see where we're going? Can we shape our outlook? Can we walk differently starting today in light of that longing and desire that was given to us by Paul to Timothy and now Paul to Philippi, just living rich, living into something greater. So Father, I just pray that we become rich people, not, again, ha- having anything to do with our, our finances, but having everything to do with our hearts. Help us to be rich people individually and help us to be rich collectively. I thank you for the example. I love when Paul says, follow me because I'm just trying to, not because I'm perfect, not because I've got it together, but follow me because I'm following Jesus. So help us to follow those examples of those around us. Again, stepping into something that is greater than we are, something that will impact the white. God, thank you for the white. And thank you for providing Jesus that takes me from the red to the white, that gives me uh, righteousness beyond what I can obtain, that gives me transformation, gives me restoration. God forgives me of things that without the blood of Jesus, I, I can't cross over to the white even. So thank you for that. And as we go to communion in these next few moments, God, may we do this as a community, as we, again, focus on on who it is that has set up eternity, but also who it is that is shaping the present. So thank you for that. We pray this through your son's name. Amen. We're going to divide up and go to communion if you want. It's it's up to you. You don't have to if you want, but we're going to allow a moment this morning to to kind of really do what Paul was talking about also when he says, listen, look to those who are living according to us. He said, there's a community of people. Nobody's asking you to do any of these things alone. It's not left up to you to be the only generous person or to walk accordingly. He says, no, there's going to be a, there's a community, there's a church, there's a body. And so we do this every week to kind of celebrate that aspect. And so there's tables up here, there's tables back there, but we would just love for you to participate in communion this morning with us. There's no strings attached to this. You don't have to be a a member anywhere. Jesus is hosting these this morning, so we would love for you to take that with us if you'd like. If not, we're going to do a song and then we'll dismiss everybody into rich living this week. So at this time, you guys can be dismissed into communion.